His name is Arthur Buell, and if you ever see him loitering near your house, be worried. You see, Arthur Buell has a set of skills that make him a potential nightmare to the rest of us. So advanced are these skills that Arthur Buell goes by the name The Arthur Meister, and even less modestly, Master of the Universe. For much of the year, Arthur hauls his six-foot-five German frame intimidatingly around the globe, menacing all who stand in his way of glory, confronting every challenge hurled his way. Arthur is a champion in a sport that I had never even heard of until I started thinking about this sermon. It's called lock sport, or lock picking, and it is exactly what you'd think it is. The sport of lock picking was apparently invented by Louis XVI towards the end of the 18th century. Pretty ironic, really, when you consider that he had so much money that his wife advised people who had no bread to eat cake instead. All his lock-picking skills couldn't stop him being parted from his head at the guillotine. But in 2018, the Arthur Meister is king. Now, you've seen safe breakers in the movies. You've possibly even had your car broken into by someone who is handy with a wire coat hanger. But that is little league for the Arthur Meister. At the Dutch Open, yes, there's a Dutch Open lock-picking championship, Buell sprang a high school-style locker using just a tape measure and a high-security bicycle lock with a big pen. He was crowned champion by hacking into one of the world's most difficult locks in just 20 seconds. Now, if you're becoming a little worried that there are people out there who can break into Fort Knox in less time than it takes you to find your car keys that you swore you left on the kitchen table but aren't there now, then relax. There is a strict code of ethics preventing lock sport competitors from using their skills for nefarious ends. So that's okay. Sleep well, America. (laughs) But this morning, the Arthur Meister is toppled from his throne, eclipsed by another lock pick. A practitioner so skilled that he cracks open not safes, but people. Not vaults, but minds. Not prison cells made of steel, but human hearts made of flesh who reaches down into the tightly closed recesses of life and bursts them open. What a story today's gospel lesson is. Let's call it opening day. Like the opening day of a sports season when every team is equal first and every fan can dream of winning the championship. Like the opening day of the Christmas sales when adrenaline pumps around the brains of giddy shoppers chasing down a bargain. Like the opening day of trout season when anglers stand in streams at midnight because their excitement won't let them wait until dawn. This opening day stirred people with hope, thrilled them with possibility, intoxicated them with joy. 
It was opening day. This year, opening day took place in ten Gentile cities in what we call Jordan, but what Mark in the Gospel lesson called the Decapolis. Opening day had never come here before. It was closed territory. Closed hearts, closed minds, closed lives. A population shut out from God's people and God's plans. But when Jesus strode into the ten cities that day, some dared to believe that the closed places could be opened. They imagined that this Jesus, whom they'd heard was some kind of Jewish opening act, could unlock the fettered place, unstop the plugged space, expand the breadth of God's grace. And here he comes, come to open things up on opening day. And one resident of the ten cities in particular... It would be unfair to call him closed because we know nothing about him except that he was deaf and could hardly talk. The fact that he could talk even a small amount leads us to suspect that he was not born with profound deafness but that it onset may be during childhood. But his ears were closed, not by choice but by the curse of disability. And his mouth was also closed. Now, mercifully, this resident of the ten cities had good friends. Friends with open hearts and open minds. Friends with expansive faith. They explained, by whatever sign language or written code they could, that Jesus was visiting. And that they were going to take him to meet this man who can open things. It was opening day. There was never an opening day like this, one that we are still talking about 2,000 years later. He took him aside in private, away from the crowd, and put his fingers into his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then he looked up to heaven, he sighed, and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. Mark opens for us a world of open. There are open ears. They belong to the woman with the sick daughter in the first half of the reading. A woman whose ears were so open that she had the courage to debate with Jesus her worthiness to receive his healing. There are open mouths. These belong to the crowd who run around talking about the miracle they had seen. There are open hearts, obviously that of Jesus. There are open eyes, open minds, open hands and open lives. Jesus strides into town and into our lives and opens things up. He commands, be open, and they are. Throughout his life, Jesus showed us what it means to be open. To people the religious establishment had condemned as immoral, he had an open heart. To those the well-to-do had banished to the margins, he had an open mind. 
To children, the weakest and most powerless members of any society, he had open arms. To the sick, those whose very touch would render him unclean, he had open hands. And now, 2,000 years later, we are to be his open hands. Saint Teresa of Avila thunders, Christ has no body now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes which he looks compassion on the world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes, you are his body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. But if hands and eyes are to be of any use, they must be open. In 1980, the Nobel Peace Prize was awarded to Adolfo Perez Esquivel, an Argentinian artist whose Christian faith caused him to speak out against the injustices committed by the military dictators that had seized control of his country. In his acceptance speech, Esquivel spoke of the Christ whose message and whole life was symbolised by open hands. To create a new society, we must reach out our hands fraternally, without hatred and rancour, for reconciliation and peace, with unfaltering determination in the defence of truth and justice. We know we cannot plant seeds with closed fists. To sow, we must open our hands. I wonder if there are any parts of your life that are closed off, closed up, or even permanently closed down. Hear the word of Jesus to the deaf man, and hear him say it to you too. Ephatha, be opened. Because today can also be opening day. The opening day of a season of joy and fruitfulness in our lives. So where are you closed? I need to be open. I need to be open to receiving love, even when I think I don't deserve it. Open to seeing the humanity in people I disagree with. Open to noticing the image of God in people whose ideas I think are cruel. Open to people who are closed instead of condemning them for their closedness. Open to the truth of the stuff I say on Sundays. That God really is sovereign and is in control even when I am being crushed by burdens and anxieties. Open to leaving the past behind me with no regrets. Open to seeing now as the moment God inhabits, today as the day of salvation. Yes, there's a lot of closed in me. Look what happens when Jesus speaks his command to be open. See how today's lesson ends. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone, but the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. 
People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. Or, if you prefer the King James Version, they were beyond measure astonished. Because the closed heart, the clenched fist, the shut mind, these are not things of beauty or recipes for happiness. It's when we give that we receive, when we die that we live, and when we come last that we truly win. And so may we encounter this very day the risen Jesus who strides into our church and to closed ears says, be opened. To closed mouths, be opened. To closed hands, be opened. To eyes that are squeezed shut for fear of glimpsing the ugliness of human suffering, be opened and see. To minds that are locked tight, scared of encountering ideas that cause them to doubt their own certainty, be opened and grow. To hearts that are encased by the scars of love once risked and love now dead, be opened and risk again. To ears that are so plugged against the threat of hearing a new song, a new story, a new invitation to the dance, be opened and listen to the music. To mouths so tight with anxiety over what to say and what people will think if they speak, be opened and proclaim the truth. To hands clenched in fists of anger, of hate, of fear, be open and touch. To other hands, white-knuckled as they grasp onto wallet, checkbook and credit card, be open and give and live. To lives imprisoned behind bars of greed, bound by chains of prejudice, ensnared by shackles of consumption, Jesus, the master lockpicker, stands at the mouth of an open tomb and commands us, come on, there's a world of God's making out there, there's a life of God's design that your closed off hearts, your tight shut eyes, your hard clenched fists, your plugged up ears won't let you revel in. Be open. And so may we respond. Let our fingers unfurl in trust, our hands uncurl in friendship, our eyes squint open to behold the beauty of the other, the glory of God's design, the splendour of Christ's image. Let our mouths fall open to sing God's song, to tell God's story, to speak Christ's praise. Let our ears be unplugged to hear the cry of the needy, the voice of the elderly, the sob of the child. And may our lives be marked with openness in every beautiful way. Wake up, St Paul's. It's opening day. Amen.